Welcome to the Limitless CEO Strategy Sessions with your host, Andrew Alexander, where we bring you real-world business, sales, and marketing strategies to help you start and grow your business faster. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Limitless CEO Strategy Sessions. I am your host, Andrew Alexander, and I have a very special episode for you today because today I'm going to talk about many things that first-time entrepreneurs struggle with. And as us as business owners, maybe we have trouble finding the second, the third, or the fourth or continuous products to go through. So I am the author and course creator of Find a Business Idea, Validate Consumer Demand, and Build the Confidence to Start Your Business. Because for the first two and a half years of my entrepreneur journey, I used to jump from one idea to another. I used to copy those get-rich-quick schemes I see advertised on Facebook where you sell these t-shirts on Facebook. It's a plug-and-play system, make millions of dollars. But the market's saturated from the thousands of other people who are doing the exact same thing. So it wasn't until I really settled down with one business idea for six months before my digital magazine publishing company took off. I mentioned other episodes, I grew that from zero to 1.3 million readers, which is tens of thousands of paying customers, subscribers. And I built multiple businesses since. I built an NLP practitioner certification program, which helps people overcome mindset issues, be more motivated, and really be more influential in their life. Then I created Limitless Academy to help first-time entrepreneurs, where I help them find a business idea through a find a business idea training course. And in this episode, I really want to talk about those topics because without the confidence that your business will succeed from the start, you're probably not going to be motivated to move forward. And you might spend tens of thousands of dollars and months, if not years of your life, trying to build a product nobody will ever buy if you don't have the right business idea. And on the flip side of that, if you don't have the confidence it'll take off, you'll sit in your tracks and you won't make any progress and you'll be exactly where you are right now. So that's what this course is really about. So if you go to LimitlessCEO.com, I have this exclusive partnership with Listenable.io, which is an audio-based learning platform. I created a course on the topic called Find a Business Idea. I'll eventually publish my course or my book on Amazon for Find a Business Idea. So go to LimitlessCEO.com whenever you're listening to this. And if you want to learn more, I have coaching, I have the books, I have the courses, and I'm here to help you out with finding business ideas. But in this episode, I really want to talk about the fundamental steps about finding a business idea. If you're a first-time entrepreneur, I know a lot of experienced business owners listen to this, but I really want to help people get started. So number one is it's not about your ideas. So I used to think that in order to make millions of dollars, I would have to come up with a genius breakthrough business idea in my mind. I wouldn't tell anybody about it so nobody steals it from me. And what I did is understand that I never would take it out to the marketplace because... I couldn't get feedback from people to see if it's a good idea or not. I would spend six months dreaming about it. And the problem with keeping ideas to yourself so people don't steal it is in order to grow a successful business, you're going to have to get out in the marketplace in your industry. So from my example right here, I am the founder and CEO of a vegan health company where I don't talk about the name of it on here, but if you Google it, you can probably figure it out. But I have friends who post in entrepreneur circles, entrepreneur forums, a step-by-step process documenting their journey of building their business, and somebody copied their exact model and took away market share. So in those instances, if you advertise to the type of people who will steal ideas, that's one thing. But let's say you're selling a new type of coffee product and you want to get featured in different coffee magazines 
different coffee shops, different niche communities, blogs, and everything like that. You want to go out there in the market and get as much attention as possible. And if your idea is easily stolen, then number one, it's either something you're okay with, or number two, you want to focus on ways to protect your idea with proprietary patents, algorithms, etc. So that's top behind this. But the main thing is it's not about finding business ideas because if you step in the role of being a consumer, what type of things do you buy and why do you buy them? You don't care about people's personal motives to make more money or what they think you want. It's really about what you want as a consumer. So this morning I woke up, I went to the coffee shop, I bought a coffee because it helps me be more productive. So if I'm in the market, not so much for coffee, but for a productivity tool, if I see an advertisement for something as a natural herb that's more natural than coffee and with less side effects, less acidity, and I just mix it with water or something, that's something I would buy because I'm in the consumer market for something to work with my productivity. And I built out a habit over the years where I associate coffee drinking with productivity. And the days I have a coffee in my hand, I get more done. So that right there is one example, but people could be in the market for ways to cut vegetables, for different types of pillow sheets, um, air conditioners. I'm looking around my room right now. And there's so many different things that people buy based on their selfish desires. So the question is, how do you go about finding ideas in the marketplace? And what I like to do is follow a top-down approach where it helps me gain focus and clarity and direction, where number one at the top of the pyramid is, what market do you serve? Because the old saying goes, if you try to sell to everybody, you're going to sell to nobody. So if I try to sell a pregnancy gown to a guy who's single and 18 years old, he's not going to buy it. So that right there is finding a specific market. So with my first business, I had a dog's best friend magazine, but the market I really was serving was the Apple newsstand because on the iOS app devices up until 2015, the Apple newsstand was a magazine app platform that was linked directly from the home screen of every iPhone and iPad in the world, separate from the app store. So I knew within that marketplace, I had to create content around what people were looking for, which is magazine apps. I found some private label code and I hired a coder to really refine the code for the magazine apps. I got a lot of content and I just built out templates in Photoshop in PowerPoint where it was plug and play. I copy and paste articles. I copy and pasted pictures. I formatted together, put the code in, launched the edition of the magazine on the app store within the app. So when somebody downloads the app, they could buy up to 12 different issues, which I released in the first year. Then I replicated the process of 20 different apps. And I was really serving the needs of the marketplace. So if somebody goes into the pet category of the app store, what do I serve them? A pet magazine. Then there's a category for sports. So I released different sports ones. And the golf one was the one that took off. So can you see how people go and search for things and you give it to them? So if they search for fitness books on Amazon, you write a fitness book, give them what they need. So it's really that simple. So I follow the top-down approach where going deeper into the pet category market because a dog's best friend magazine technically worked in that market as well. There's different things that people search for. It's pet grooming, pet treats, pet food, dog toys, dog apparel, dog collars, dog leashes, um, dog dental health, and different things like that. So if you really want to stand out in the market, you have to pick a subsection to work in. So let's say dog treats, for example, you ignore all the rest of the opportunities that within the dog treats, you want to analyze the competition, what competitors are already out there, 
what is really their strong suit of the market? What is their brand really about? So some dog treats, they're 100% vegan. Other ones are 100% gluten-free. Other ones are made with different ingredients. They might have some supplements built into them. It might be dog treats that also serve as dog dental health. So you want to get a clear landscape of what the competition exists. You could read the negative reviews, the one, two, and three, and four-star reviews on Amazon. Look for common themes and find the missing gaps in the market. So imagine looking at a canvas in front of you and there's little holes poked around it, one large hole in the top left. And if you look in through the top left hole, that's the gap in the market. You could spot the opportunity through it. So before you could find the opportunity, you want to spot the gaps in the market and what's missing in the marketplace where things are moving quickly. When I was running a dog's best friend magazine, I imported glow in the dark LED dog collars and I built a brand around that. I think it was called Canine Glow was the name of it. And then I released that on Amazon and I was getting sales coming in, sold out of their purchase orders. But then more and more competition came. I neglected that business because I was focusing on other ventures at the time. And coming back, I was like, wow, that was a really great idea. I made some good sales from it. I didn't put enough attention into that part of the brand. Then I look at the competition and the marketplace is flooded with glow-in-the-dark dog collars. It's saturated. I could probably still build a brand out of it. But at the same time, the cost per acquisition would be really high. The margins would be smaller. And it would be harder to stand out and get market share with that product alone. But if I look at the current market landscape, there might be other different things within the market that are missing gaps. So start from the top down, choose a market, a subsection, a niche, find the competitors, and then do your competitor analysis to find out what's really missing in the market. And as I talk about in my programs and my books, business is really around the needs of the people that you serve. And when I was building my last business, I was partnering with two other people. And what we did is with our first thousands of customers, we wanted to find out exactly how they liked our product what they liked about it, what they loved about it, what they didn't like about it. And we use the keywords of constructive criticism. If we could do anything different, what would you do? And after we get thousands of people getting their feedback, some common themes emerge where they said, okay, we love this about the product, but it's lacking these features. And what we did is we listened to their feedback. We made the 2.0 product improvements. We released that back into the market and our average order value doubled and our customer retention went up where more people were placing orders of the product, repeat purchases. And we had different variations of the product where sometimes people ordered two of the products instead of one because we listened to our customers. So that's a great way when you get a first thousand customers, find out what they want to say about your product. If one person says something, thank them for their time. Two people say it, then really pay more attention to it. But when three or a dozen people say the same exact thing, that's when you really want to start thinking about taking action for it. But before you come up with the product, you want to start with a traffic first strategy where you want to get in front of your market and ask them the questions about your product, about your ideas or pain points that they have if you don't have the business idea yet. So you could go to dog parks, start talking to dog owners and say, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I would love to create and invent products in the dog space. Um, can you tell me if there's any things that you wish existed on the market? What type of maybe pet products, pet toys, dog collars, food, anything along those lines that's kind of currently frustrating you that you wish existed? And continuous process over a couple months, you'll start hearing people getting feedback. So you could do it in person, online communities, and really start 
closing your mouth, stop telling about your ideas or what you want to do, and start listening to people and really paying attention to their emotional um, pain points and desires when they're speaking. Because if someone speaks in a monotone, kind of boring thing, saying, oh, I kind of wish this existed, versus if people are screaming, yelling, getting their emotions up, saying, I really, really wish this existed. Why hasn't somebody done it? This is a million-dollar idea. You should do it. Then that's something that you should pay attention to. Because when people buy products, it's based on emotions. And if there's a strong emotional desire attached to something, that's not only a good idea, but when you start selling it, you'll require less selling because the product will sell itself because the emotions are already there. You won't have to manufacture emotions. You won't have to really try to build interest or desire. You just get attention for your product. And then when people already desire it, they start purchasing it. So that's... Um, going beyond the scope of just finding the business idea, but seeing how things tie together. You find your traffic source, where people hang out. You have the emotional desires. You realize a lot of people have the common themes, and that's when the ideas start coming together. And then you compare that to your competitor research and really focus on one specific thing because one of the mistakes I made with Limitless Academy is because I started off trying to be an end-all education platform for business where so many highly qualified people started teaching sales and marketing online and strategies for that, where I started doing everything fine, a business idea, mindset and motivation, sales, marketing, um, raising capital, leadership. And the message got watered down because if you go to a doctor, maybe you start off with a general practitioner, which is kind of what the, the academy started off as. But to really succeed in marketplace, you have to be a specialist. So that's why I created the Find the Business Idea course, because it speaks to a very specific problem that people face finding a business idea, validating consumer demand, and building the confidence that they're not going to waste years or tens of thousands of dollars of their money trying to build something nobody will ever buy. So I specialize in that as well as mindset motivation. Those are my areas of focus for a while to really overcome the fears of starting the business and making that leap from employee to full-time entrepreneur. So that right there, if you go to LimitlessCEO.com, I do offer coaching. And like I said, I have books and training courses on this. What else do I talk about? So there's competitor research, there's soft validation versus hard validation, where if I survey people and they really have a lot of great emotion attached to it, that's soft validation. But hard validation is really talking about, okay, people actually handed over their money and purchased the product. So running Google advertisements or Facebook advertisements to a pre-sales page, launching a Kickstarter, getting investor money, and actually getting people to put money where their mouth is and actually ordering the product even before it exists. And depending on the product you offer, you could have a minimum viable version of the product. So let's say you have a subscription box. So a men's subscription box that sells different goods like watches, chains, neckties, things like that. Instead of building out your first minimum order purchase order of tens of thousands of units, go to the store, put 50 of them together. Maybe you take a loss on the product, but make it look good, make an MVP. Start running advertisements to a Shopify sales page, sell 50 units, and when you start getting feedback from those customers and seeing the dollars come in and there's no refunds, that's hard validation. So there's ways to scrap things together in a professional way that allows you to validate the idea with less money. And really think about you're not trying to make money right away from the products. You're trying to validate the idea. So when you scale the business, you know you can get the margins down, the customer acquisition costs down, and you could build a business from there. Because when I was building my first business, I wanted to make money right away so I could quit my job. But it blurred my vision from my ability to build a larger business. 
because I wasn't focusing on building out the systems that would scale in the long run. The next thing I wanna talk about is a traffic first strategy because my first business idea was a social network for dead people and nobody signed up. I spent six months coding it. I taught myself HTML, CSS, some JavaScript, PHP, fully functioning online memorial site where people could create a profile for their loved ones when they passed away. But nobody signed up because I didn't know where to market it. So as opposed to the digital magazine publishing company, I didn't even have the business idea or the product idea first. I found the traffic source and I built something to play into that. So if you're looking to sell something on Amazon and started trying to come up with the idea first, really drill down to the categories, the subsections, find an underserved niche, and then you know where you're gonna get traffic from from there. So whether it's Google, Amazon, and even with the Shopify store. So if you know you wanna create vegan dog food, you could find the traffic source first, different vegan dog magazines or different things like that. So when you have the traffic coming in, you have the emotional desire, you have the product that fits it, that's a really quick way to start your business with the confidence you'll start it. Then the next one I wanna talk about is you don't need the business idea yourself because from 2018 through 2020, I partnered up working for equity. I'm an equity shareholder in a vegan meal delivery service where I didn't have the idea. I found someone, he's close to 70 years old with a Wall Street financial background. He knows the financial models, raising capital, different things like that. But my expertise was online sales, marketing, and conversions. And then we teamed up. There was another equity shareholder in the company where we all started. We started building it up, launching the product into market, developing 30,000 plus meals, getting partnerships with major magazines, major niche organizations, and really got the product into market. And I didn't come up with the idea. I found someone with an idea who didn't have the skill set that I had with the online marketing and sales. Then I got an equity ownership percentage of the company, helping bring that business idea to market. And that's one idea that you could do if you find other startup companies where maybe you'll work for a reduced salary or you master a skill set, such as Facebook advertising, getting um, influencers on Instagram to promote you, or getting featured in guest blog articles, different things like that. All those marketing and sales skills will allow you to team up with someone who might not have the internet marketing background, and you could work for equity ownership and partner up with people that way. So find people with business ideas. It could even be um, PhD students in university research centers. Really great things come out of the market. But when you develop the business skills, then that's where you have a very highly valuable skill set that you can match with the great product, bring it to a market that way. So that's the basic summary of what I talk about in my Find a Business Idea course in my book. And I've coached hundreds of entrepreneurs in def very different organizations, very different industries, niches, and kind of got it down to a formula where there's a formula to follow, but then when you really set the intent, things to come together and to have success in business, I really want to talk about the most important part is focus on one thing until the end, because for my first two and a half years of being an entrepreneur, I would jump from one idea to another when I wasn't having success right away. And with my digital magazine publishing company, somebody told me about the iOS app store. I started trying to code my first app. I was getting a lot of frustration, error messages. I couldn't get it out. And for the first couple months, I was really struggling. Got the first free app out into the market. Then I got 2,000 downloads in the first day. And I didn't have the payment systems in place because I couldn't code them yet. But that 2,000 downloads the first day and continuously getting more and more downloads every day that was a soft validation that, wow, people are actually interested in this. Now to get the hard validation, 
I was really struggling to get the paid app on the market. I couldn't get the coding right to hook up the payment system with Apple. And my apps were rejected literally 16 times over the course of different months. And every single time I wanted to give up, I wanted to jump ship. My roommate, he was selling pet products through Facebook ads, where I was like, wow, I could do something similar like that. I can make $45,000 a month like him. My other friend, my other roommate was selling a training course and he made $20,000 in the first week of his launch. All the while, I was making nothing. I wanted to jump ship, but I continued to chug forward through one thing until that first app was approved in the last days of January 2014. Made $68 that month in the last couple of days. And I was like, wow, money actually came in. This feels good. And I forget exactly the numbers I wrote in my book, but um, I think it was February around 500. March, I made 1,000. April, I did a probably two or 3,000 in sales. Then by May 2014, I had $10,000 in a single month, which was the goal I set out for myself. Then I built the magazine publishing company where I released 20 different or 20 or 30 different magazine apps on the app store with 10 to 12 different editions within each one of them. People can subscribe or be one-time purchasers. Built that company through the iOS app store ranking algorithm to 1.3 million readers, which is tens of thousands of paying subscribers. And I was making passive income for the years ahead where I quit my job in Scottsdale, Arizona, traveled to Boulder, Colorado, road tripped across the United States for a couple of years, went back to Arizona for a bit, drove up the Pacific Coast Highway one summer, spent the fall writing a book in Seattle, Washington, spent three months backpacking through Europe. I went to South America for 18 months. I'm in Sydney, Australia now. And it's really... I got the lifestyle business results from that business because I committed to one thing for six months and I pushed through the failures and adversity. So with every other business I started since then, I really committed to things and it wasn't jumping from idea to idea. And it's like building a sandcastle at the beach. If you put one or two buckets of sand down, a wave crashes and washes through it, then you give up and move down the beach. It's going to happen again. So Really put one bucket down, another, 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 readjust, maybe put it back a few feet if the waves come crashing, but good things come over time. So there's no way to actually validate your business idea until the sales dollars come in. And the more experience you get, the quicker it is the next time around, the easier it is the next time around. So that's my strategy for first-time business owners finding business ideas. If you have an existing customer base, ask them for constructive criticism on your product do it via email so you could see if three or 12 people say the same thing. Then you could get a more, as Seth Godin calls it, a remarkable product. When you have a product that people love, people will make remarks about it to their friends and word of mouth will make it go viral and your business will go bigger. But when you ask your customers what other problems they have in their life, it's easier to sell to an existing customer than to acquire a new one. Find out complementary products you could attach to your current one. And it starts by asking people. So it's not about your ideas. It's about serving the needs of a marketplace. If you try to sell to everybody, you'll wind up selling to nobody. Really niche down from a market, subsection, a niche. Find out what other people are doing because other people might be doing your product already. But if they're doing it inefficiently or you could do a major variation or a slight variation of what they do, then that's a great business model so you could capture market share. Then the other thing is talking about market size, where one of my mentors, he said he works in a large market, which is health supplements for weight loss. It's like going to the ocean with the buckets to scoop as many buckets of water as possible. You could help out your competitors because there's so much abundance. 
that you could help them out. They'll help you out. And the market is so big where it could be a really large business versus working in a small pond in the middle of the desert. There's scarcity. So analyze the market size and market trends where if you started a World Series of Poker type of business in 2005, maybe it's poker training, poker paraphernalia, things like that, you'd probably have good success with that. I know one guy, he built a million dollar business doing that in his first year, 2005 to 2007. But if you look on Google Trends, the trend was going up, then it went down. So in 2008, if you saw all the success in the World Series of Poker and you started a complimentary business there, you missed the wave. So 2016, I started seeing the wave coming from a distance of veganism and plant-based eating. It didn't hit the mainstream until 2018. And in the year I'm recording this, mid-2020, veganism, plant-based foods are trending. I saw this from a mile away coming from the years before the mainstream did. And it's because I involved myself in the niche communities that are really passionate about these things. I went out to protest with animal rights activists. I went to potlucks and really immersed myself in the community. And I saw the trends coming even before Google Trends reported it. So surround yourself in niche communities and you'll really find out what the people you serve are asking for and how it's going to trend in the future. So that's find a business idea. Like I said, if you are a first-time entrepreneur or an experienced entrepreneur who would like some help with this, visit LimitlessCEO.com. I have an audio program. I'm going to publish a book on the topic. Then email me one-on-one -on -one if you want me to coach you on this. I have experience doing that. And the real goal is to help you find a business idea that you know will succeed from the start so you don't waste years of your life or tens of thousands of dollars building something nobody will ever buy. So LimitlessCEO.com. And subscribe to this podcast because I'm trying to release one every day or most days of the week. Thank you for listening to the Limitless CEO Strategy Sessions. My name is Andrew Alexander, and I'll see you on the next episode.